0: Well, we, once again, with, uh, finally talk. Skipper talk. me and my wife, Sierra Skipper, and me, Jerry L. Skipper. And, um, we just basically talking about the love in the church today and, and basically how the church has transitioned from the state in which it originally was supposed to be in and the state it originally was in. And, uh, it's an interesting subject when we think about it because we see even the structure as an obedience. The structure is the religious really the love and the compassion even in the church. Uh, I I I am afraid which, what you say, baby. I'm afraid that, that the church has tilted over its scales in one way in a stream and in some other day, in some other churches, it's, it's the other way on the scale, and that strength Like, there's a lot of people that's that's extremely compassionate, and that they lack the structure of sternness and obedience. Whereas in other churches, it's it's, it's extremely obedient and sturdy, Whereas it's, it's not as much compassion. Well, what you think about that? What you got to say about that?
1: I mean, you have different things that go on in different churches. You got to look at your leadership and look at the foundation as to what that church was built on.
0: Yeah. Um, uh, I I agree with you. And and I do see a lot of churches are like that. Like you said, you got to look at your church and the foundation of which that church was built on. But if we all body of Christ and we all believers in this body of Christ, we didn't be supposed to have the, the same structure because there's only one body, right? Right.
1: Okay. And so,
0: yeah, I, I see nowadays that it's a lot of people, they don't even reverence that the ministers in the church, they don't reverence the, uh, the people in the church. As far as the, the layman people, the gushers, the just the saints in general, and I think it's because of that. You think if the, if the, the ministers, who don't even give reverence to the other ministers and the people in the church, they don't do it. There are people on the outside that they, they look at that. And I'm afraid it's doing more damage to the people on the outside as well because when we look at it, it's a lot of people who really want to come to the church and they want to get saved. They want to give their life to God. They want to get delivered from. Some of the things that they're struggling with and one of the things that we see that's a major struggle in today's society and i know this is gonna touch a lot of people in some bad ways and some good ways but i gotta just be honest it's a struggle when we see a lot of people who are suffering with the homosexual spirit and and some people who actually want to get delivered from that but because of people who don't know how to deal with that uh, in a proper fashion or a proper manner uh, or certain people who know how to condone it and be too stern as we were saying on the scale uh people are not receiving their deliverance and, and i don't think it's supposed to be like that um uh, we already know that jesus christ said that he, he came to the sinners. he came for the sinners, and he said "A person that is righteous doesn't need a doctor it's those who are sick i'm not necessarily saying those people are sick but it's saying they're sick uh it's not just that sin, there's a homosexual, it's, it's any sin. I'm mean, just putting it out there. Um, any sin, and uh, as we begin to dissect this thing, it's a verse that comes to my mind. It's in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 31. Jeremiah, chapter 31, verse 3, reading out the New King James Version. It says, The Lord has appeared of old to me, saying, Yes, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness have I drawn you. And I believe that. The people that's on the scale of, of sternness and, and extreme obedience they lack the compassion therefore they're not drawing people and in the bible this passage right here says that god uses love to draw the people again i want to put emphasis on that so the lord has prepared i mean a uh, period of all to me saying yes i have loved you but an everlasting love therefore with loving kindness, i have drawn you it's with love, kindness, love and kindness that draws people. And then you have people that is extremely on the loving and compassionate side, and they lack sternness, and it's doing damage because when you, hold, when you show extremely love without any type of sternness or obedience, then the person feels like anything can happen, anything it goes. And it's not supposed to be that way. And uh, just a, a quick passage, I'm, uh, I'm going to let you read this, baby. I want you to go to Romans chapter 6 and read verse 1 and 2. And while she's turning, Romans chapter 6 is verse 1 and 2. I want, I want y'all to just know that it's not supposed to be that way. It's supposed to be an even balance. In order to reap the harvest as we're supposed to, and in order for people to get delivered, there has to be a perfect balance. So we see right here those who are extremely stern and obedient and lack compassion, they're not reaping the benefits of what they're supposed to reap because of this right here, which says, with love and kindness have God drawn you, you can't draw anybody if you don't show the love and kindness. And to the ones that's extremely kind and love and compassionate and don't lack, I mean, and do lack the discouragement and obedience, this is what's going to happen right here. And this is what is actually happening.
1: Go ahead and read that, babe. He said, Romans six,
0: verse
1: one and two. Yeah, go ahead. It says, "What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we, who died to sin, live any longer in it?" Okay. And so what he's saying is, yes,
0: there is grace, there's compassion, there is mercy to forgive the sin, but he says, "Should we continue? Should we continue?" to say that this grace may abound, even though it is readily available we shouldn't do that he said certainly not in other words they said god forbid but we should not do that so we have a person that's extremely compassionate and they lack the sternness they are doing the total opposite of this verse and therefore people feel like anything can go and because anything can go, and people see that anything can go, they say, well, this church is not right. This church is not how it's supposed to be. Because the Bible tells us, should we continue with sin that grace may about? No. So there's no way that a person is supposed to be inside of a church and they suffering with this thing and they're condoning this thing. Now, now, let me put emphasis on this. There is a difference between a stronghold, and want to be delivered from it, versus somebody who is in the stronghold, and don't want to be delivered from it. A lot of people, they are uh, condoning this stuff, because they don't want to be delivered from it. What you got to say about that, baby? <laughs> I
1: agree. Um I feel like a lot of people are condoning it, because they're afraid of the people taking the sheet off of the church and revealing.
0: Yeah, that was kind of breaking up. We, we y'all, y'all got partners. We, we are having kind of bad center today. I don't know if it's the weather and stuff like that, but we're gonna continue anyway. Repeat that one more time for baby.
1: I said I don't know if it's the fact that people are condoning it, or they feel like because them telling somebody that they're wrong can expose what's been going on in the church.
0: So in other words, like you just have been saying there's just been a lot of secrets in the church. And so, by you telling this one person that, hey, you're wrong, they afraid that they all dirt might get exposed.
1: Mm-hmm. Right?
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with that. So, and uh, what do we do in a situation like that? This, this is the question that we ask those who are listening to us today. What do we do in a situation where we are faced with the, the strange starters and obedient people that lack compassion and the compassion of people who lack the obedience? What do we do? How do we get the church back to the state where it's a perfect balance? What do we do? That's the question that I ask. What do you say, babe? What's your
1: suggestion? People got to be willing to admit their faults. Be transparent. You got too many broken people that's in leadership right now. I
0: like that, babe. That's good. And, And that's totally scripture what she said because the scripture tells us it tells us in the New Testament that we should confess our faults one to another. And, and, and so, in order for a person to be truly delivered and healed, they got to talk to some people about it. That's the reason why there's a such thing as counseling. Now, maybe do put emphasis on this. I got to put emphasis on this. Counseling has its own respectable purpose that is not utilized for everything. In other words, this is just a side naked here. If there's a person that's dealing with a struggle that's imposed upon him or her because of the spirit, there's a wicked spirit a demon, or or the spirit, however you want to call it. Counseling is not the case with that. The spirit has to be dealt with. It has to be cast out. But if a person is struggling with something, in the sense that they need advice on how to have a better life or better marriage and uh, trauma that they've been dealing with for that task, Childhood, or just their earlier adulthood, or whatever area in their life is trouble it's a necessity that they get some counseling that's the reason why god has put it in the body of christ teachers and, and, and ministers because we're supposed to be the, the helping hand and the listening ear for those so i think agree with you they got to be transparent it, it definitely starts with transparency and and and, and, and in addition to what you're saying transparency, that's even for those who are uh not just in leadership, but for those who are the layman as well. Because if a person is struggling with something that to condone it, we need to deal with it are it, it, transparent to each other and, and have the compassion with each other to identify with what they're doing. And and so we can better help them out of that situation. I'm reminded of a passage it's in the book of Hebrews, and I'm paraphrased. I'm not gonna say word for don't paraphrase but it says that basically our high priest, Jesus, he was tempted in every way that a man could be tempted. And the reason that he was tempted that way is so that he could identify with those who are struggling. So I believe as a minister, a pastor, a teacher, prophet, apostle so uh, whoever it is, what you're called, if you're a lead position in the body of Christ that you have to have this mindset, I got to be able to identify with those, not in the sense of copying what they're doing, but be able to understand what they're doing so I can go to the help them. You understand what I'm
1: saying? hmm That's good.
0: Yeah. So, so this is what we got to do. Like she said, we got to be transparent. That's one of the foundations that we got to do to get back to, to get the church back into the state that it was originally in. And and more so than anything, we got to get that word. We got to get that word because in the word of God, that's that's where we get our direction, that's where we get our inspiration, and that's how we get structure. That's how we get structure. So, if you want to know how things are supposed to be and how to go about doing things, we had to definitely get in the word and not get a tradition. Over the years, and I do say this, especially in the black church, uh, what you say? saying? you agree with me, with this baby, and I'm not just saying it because you're my wife, but have you seen in the black churches saying like over the years, it's, it's been a lot of tradition implemented into the black churches?
1: Yeah. But not just tradition, yeah. just
0: favoritism. Tradition, favoritism. Yeah, I can see that. And by all means, we're not we're not bashing any black churches. We we're, 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 we're black ourselves. But what we're, we're basically just saying is that we have seen this. Uh, you're talking to somebody who is currently at, at the time of this recording the age of 35, and I've been in church pretty much my whole life. I know been in um black churches, white churches, I know been in multicultural churches. And and I have seen that. And and I think it's it's doing more damage. Tradition more than anything. And not just because I don't see it, but the Bible even talks about that. You know, Jesus Jesus Christ even says that the the traditions of men I made the commandments of God of no effect. It has made the word of God of no effect. It has made the things of God of no effect. It's a tradition of men. So traditions is is a destroyer of the word of God. And it's a destroyer of the people who are, are trying to basically follow the word of God. Because traditions a lot of times has been passed down. And because we don't know anybody, because we don't get into the word, I don't know if it's actually of God or not. And it's another reason why the church is in a messed up state in which it's in. So we have two powerful points for y'all right now. As my wife said, transparency. And, you know, following up basically with uh, confessing your faults one to another. And then we have this one right here, which just basically getting into the Word and not get into tradition. And so I believe if we can have a conscious decision, and make a conscious decision in our mind to get into the Word of God, every single day, and literally meditating, and chew on this thing, then we'll begin to get insight, direction, and then we can, we can get the church back to how it's supposed to be, because the church that we're that we in right now, it's supposed to be the, the liveliest that it's ever been, but in my opinion, from what I see, at least, and what I see, I'll put emphasis on this, what I see is actually weaker than what it was in the first century, because... People don't even believe in demons anymore. A lot of the church teachers nowadays don't even teach about speaking in tongues anymore. A lot of people don't even believe in, in, in the power of the enemy. And I'm not playing the power of the enemy above the power of God because the Bible clearly tells us that we have more power in God. Like like the Bible says, greater hey, is he that is in me than he does in the world and uh those who believe will cast out demons and heal the sick. So we, we know definitely that the power that we possess as believers is more powerful and potent than the power of the enemy. But traditional men and the lack of being in the word of God has told us in today's society that oh, demons are not even real. Oh God he heals sometimes, times he don't heal and yeah. Speaking of tongues is a thing that's done away with but it's not, and the reason why the church is misled and became so weak and watered it down is because of that. So it's really a lot, baby. I ain't gonna lie to you, and sometimes it gets frustrating. What you say?
1: It does because, like I said, you have so many people who are broken and they have no. I mean, I'll say they. We, we as a people have no positive direction or no positive leaders to look up to when it comes to actually living and following by the word because you have so many people that struggle with different things outside of the pulpit, even inside the pulpit. And it's not just ministers. Like I said, you got people in the church who struggle with different things. And people know that people struggle with these things and they don't say anything. They keep it silent. They keep it hidden. And then the moment a scandal happens, it's like, oh, well, well, how did y'all allow this to go on? But like I said, this is generations and decades of sweeping things under the rug and keeping a... A blanket or a sheet over a certain situation,
0: and I agree with you. I definitely agree with you. It's time for us as the man and woman of God to stand up and take our rightful places in the body of Christ. And in so doing, I do believe that we can't definitely be the church in which God desired and which Jesus Christ desired to keep and carry out the work that he has to live for us to do because we do understand that it is God's will that. Uh, gospel preached to them and that they come to Christ. And all the way is going to be more beneficial and it's going to be more, uh, powerful is by being transparent with each other, identifying the struggles, reaching out for help and getting into the word of God. There are many, many, many opportunities and definitely, definitely, many uh, solutions to problems out there. But not all opportunities and solutions are beneficial. But one thing we do know: the Word of God, the Word of God, the beautiful Word of God is is able to deliver, heal, correct, and give guidance. So in order to get the church back into the state in which it's supposed to be in and be the most powerful and it's ever been, it starts with that. It definitely starts with that. Well, this is just a message that me and my wife, we, we were talking about and we were putting together. And, and I, I pray that y'all stay told for the, the other messages that, that come along because what we are, we are a couple. Our beautiful couple, that's a married couple. And we're basically just doing family talk. Going with real issues. And not just issues in the family, but issues in the church. Because we got to get the family back right and get the church back right. That's what we got to do. Amen? Amen. Well, before we leave, I'm going to have my wife pray for the listeners of this. And we can
1: add this. Do you mind, Prime Baby? No, I don't mind. Go
0: ahead.
1: Father God, we thank you for today. We thank you for this opportunity. We thank you for those that are listening. And we thank you for those that are on the way as far as listeners are concerned. We thank you for our our family, our unit, and God, I'm asking that you continue to strengthen us as well as strengthen those who are listening and cover those who are listening and protect them as well. God, we ask that you give them the proper guidance and the proper direction to lead them to where you would have them to go. God, we're asking that you intervene right now and that you Send those people into these churches that are going to stand up and stand boldly, declaring your word and not declaring tradition or not declaring favoritism or not declaring personal feelings. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your instruction. We thank you for your covering. We thank you for your your guidance. We thank you for just being who you are. And God, if there's anybody that is struggling right now, that may be listening to this message, God, I'm asking that you heal them right now, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Whatever it is that they may be wrestling with, God, I'm asking that you step in right now. I'm asking there's anybody that is sick, that you heal them right now, whether it be mentally, physically, or even spiritually. Because, God, we know that you can do all things. And we've been seen we've seen, and we've been taught to put our faith in you and not man. So God, I thank you on today. I thank you for my husband. I thank you for his life. I thank you for the covering. I thank you for the gift that you've placed in him for us to do this talk and this show for your people on today. So God, I'm asking that you just continue to bless us, continue to strengthen us, and continue to direct us in all the in, in These things I ask in your son Jesus Christ's name. Amen.